FXXX presents It's Always Empty in Gola Arena. The gang tries to beat Dayton. Oh my god, dude, I am freaking out. I am so stressed out. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay. I've stumbled onto a major Atlantic 10 conspiracy theory, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? The bunnies are being bled like a stuffed pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ, Charlie. That right there is a schedule. Now let's talk about the schedule. Can we talk about the schedule, please, Mac? I've been dying to talk about the schedule with you all day, okay? Obi Toppin, this name keeps coming up over and over again every day. Obi's on SportsCenter. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin. I look at Twitter, and this whole feed is Obi Toppin. So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go to his arena and defeat this guy once and for all. Otherwise, the bodies aren't gonna win the A10, and he's gonna keep dunking on everyone. So I go up to UD Arena, and what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Obi Toppin. The man does not exist, okay? So I decide, oh, shit, buddy, I gotta dig a little deeper. There's no Obi Toppin? You gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of Obi! All right, so I start marching my way down to Rhode Island, and I knock on the Ryan Center door, and I say, Rhodey! Rhodey! I gotta talk to you about Obi! And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn player in the arena. There is no Rhode Island in the A-10. Heck, half the teams in this conference have been made up. This conference is a goddamn ghost town. Okay, Charlie, I'm going to have to stop you right there. Not only do all of these teams exist, but they've been losing to Dayton on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. Jesus Christ, dude. The Bunnies aren't going to win the regular season title. Well, calm down, because here's one thing that's not going to happen. What? We're not going to lose the regular season title. We're not. Because we've already lost the regular season title. We've lost the one seed? Yeah. About three days ago, Dayton beat Duquesne, and we can't catch them anymore. I printed the box score, so what did I do? I mailed it halfway to Siberia! If we've lost the regular season title, then that means we've lost the NIT auto bid, which means all of this was for nothing. God damn it, dude, I'm having a panic attack. I'm actually having a panic attack. Will you settle down and have another cup of coffee? I am, bro. All right, well, fine. You know what, Barney? Give this guy a cigarette. He's freaking out. Huh? Who? Barney. He's the guy who tipped me off to Obi Toppin. Barney? Who the hell is Barney? You don't see the- Oh, shit. Where the hell do you- You've lost your mind. You've lost your goddamn mind, Charlie. Welcome everyone to episode 5 of SB Unfurled and Friends. Bonna Commenter here with SB Unfurled. You know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It does not really feel very sunny in Olean today, literally and figuratively after that overtime loss to uh, Duquesne, right, Unfurled? We have one job to do today and one job only, and that is to cheer people up, convince them everything is going to be okay. Uh, I think it will be. That, that cold open was a good start. So let's, I mean, let's not dwell on the negatives. We got a ton of positives we want to talk about. 
and we're going to cheer people up at the end of the weekend. Yeah, I hope so. If it wasn't that, we could have done the uh, jumper scene from Yes Man with uh, Jim Carrey. Don't step off that ledge, our friends. <laughs> we still have a chance at the double buy. We actually have somewhat of an okay possible chance at the three seed, but it's not all over. It sucks that we lost in overtime. It sucks the way we lost. We can get into you know what the differences were between that and the awesome Richmond win. But it's not over. We still got three games, two very winnable ones, and then a tough one at the end before A-10s. We can still do this, everybody. So, fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) Not only do we not have a bad chance at a top four, according to my good friend Bartorvik, at least an 85% chance, including ties, to get uh, a double buy when when you move it into... Top three talk, which which we were at almost forty percent. I think it was around thirty between thirty five and forty percent chance to get the three seed. That gets cut down to about twenty two, twenty three percent. Yeah, so, and we're gonna get a little bit into the double buy, different not scenarios but probabilities and things like that. Mm-hmm. What we're, we're gonna need to happen, especially of this upcoming weekend. But first off, yeah. I think we didn't have a bad defensive performance necessarily against Duquesne especially compared to the last game, because that was way more of a run and gun type of game. But the offense, particularly in the first half was not very impressive. No, it wasn't. We were five of 21 from three uh, against Duquesne, just under 24%. No one on our team hit multiple threes. So, you know, no one could really get it going and get into a rhythm. It seemed like we also uncharacteristically missed seven free throws out of our 19 attempts, which you don't see very much. We're usually a pretty good foul shooting team. That was another difference. Uh, not much jumps off the page. When you look at the stats, we committed 13 turnovers. They committed 11 uh, points off turnovers were even at 16 apiece. but it was just like the way we were turning the ball over. That wasn't like us. So if, if you watched the game, which I'm sure if you're listening now, you watch the game, uh, it seemed like it was worse than what the stats show. Like we out rebounded them. Um, we're the best team in the conference, honestly, at taking care of the ball and not turning it over. Uh, and tonight or uh, last night against Duquesne, you had Bobby stepping on the sideline three times. You had some other sloppy turnovers that were frustrating. Uh, I remember a transition when Lofton had Oshun on a pretty much a two on one break for a dunk. And he, threw it to Ocean, and Ocean thought Lofton was kicking it to the corner. So Ocean kind of backed off and didn't catch it, and it went right out of bounds. Like, those are those are November mistakes that you you see us make sometimes, not really things that we do in February. Uh, but, hey, like I said, the bright side, people have to remember this happens to young teams. We're playing all sophomores and freshmen. Uh, we're one of the 18 least experienced teams in the country. We're way ahead of schedule, like – Quite right. frankly, I, I expect us to make more of these mistakes if you're talking about how inexperienced and how young we are. Um, we've kind of taken that for granted and just got used to these guys, and we forget that we're playing all freshmen and sophomores. So. I was still a little bit uh, snake-bitten after the Richmond end of the game during that Duquesne end of the game because I, I forgot where exactly we were up, but I'm, I just had a feeling. I'm like, 
something's going to happen here, some kind of nonsense. And first off, I had flashbacks to 2017 VCU when one of you threw a balloon on the court. Now, I think Jive on Twitter told us that it might have slipped out of somebody's hand and something. <laughs> I After 2017 in 0.4 seconds, I, I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. Please, just hold on to the balloons, guys. Like, Why do they have balloons? 80s weekend's over. They were doing a beach weekend, which I think uh, I, I think that was cool because it was right before spring break. The Boca Bobby day. <laughs> Boca Bobby day. That would have been a good idea, but um, it clearly was not Boca Bobby uh, night. You know, in the last you know ten minutes or so of the game. Mm-hmm. But um, by the way, they need to have spring break the same week as a ten week. I don't get why this is the last home yeah. game for the students. Like now, St. Joe's and senior night. I know we only have Amadi Pizzi as the only senior on the team, but I mean, he's been here for four years and headaches and great performances aside out of him, you know, you want to give him a proper send off. And I don't know if he's really going to truly get that. Although, I mean, didn't Nicholson in 2012 have that same kind of senior night against St. Joe's. And then it was like yep. one of the greatest regular season games in recent a 10 history. <laughs> Not only Nicholson, but I just tweeted today and we're recording this, uh, Thursday afternoon, February 27th. It's the it's the two-year anniversary of, I think, the best sporting event I've ever been to, the oh, triple yes. overtime game against Davidson, where we won 117 to 113. That was senior night for Jay Adams and Matt Mobley. Uh, Adams had 34, Mobley had 31. I think Stockard had 33. Uh, that was also senior night, and students weren't there for that. Uh, so I agree with you. I mean, senior night never falls on uh, a, a date when the students are here, which uh, kind of stinks because we've had some really good senior night games. Um, maybe maybe by the time 2022 rolls around and we have that amazing class of hopefully all seniors, then we can have a, a, a proper send off with the students. Yeah, if anybody with any pull pull at the school is listening, hey, let's make this happen. But getting back to like overtime, what do you think was really the key in overtime? Because, I I mean, Duquesne was hitting a few more outside shots. It Mm -hmm. it still felt pretty even. It just felt like a continuation of of the the second half, with the one exception being, um, I think there was one softer foul called on uh, against or in favor of sincere carry, and then Lofton was trying to put a lob pass over him or I forgot who exactly it was, but was trying to throw a lob pass into Oshun when he was driving into the paint and it got stolen. Yeah. I remember that too. Um, And even just touching on the whole, like heading into overtime just before that you have sincere carry driving baseline in case people uh, didn't catch the end of the game for whatever reason. We talked about the balloon on the court. What happened was we were up to, Sincere carry Duquesne's guards driving baseline. English is defending him. I thought it was good defense. I didn't think it was a foul. Carey just pretty much ran out of real estate and went out of bounds, and the ref called a, a blocking foul on English. Yeah, that seemed weak. Kind of <laughs> soft. In that in that moment, definitely soft. Uh, it looked like Carey was going to kick it out for a three, so who knows how that would have happened. But he goes to the line. He hits the first free throw, but refs call it off because there is a balloon in the lane. <laughs> From the student section, uh, I don't know, like I don't know where it came from, but refs called off. Shot goes in. I, they go over to the scores table, and I'm like, "Oh my Christ, they're gonna, they're gonna tee us up." Oh yeah, I was so, I was so worried about that. 
I saw somebody tweet after that, like, what is it with Western New York sports fans and throwing phallic objects on yeah. the sporting event like, floors? <laughs> Between this and the Bills. The, the Bills, throwing, Bills fans throwing dildo uh, on the field against the Patriots. Yeah. Do not bring that to Brooklyn, anybody. I mean, if you want to yeah. keep it in your hotel room, that's 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 <laughs> out of our hands. But do not bring it into the Barclays Center. So they gave us a warning and they said, any more objects thrown onto the court, it's a technical foul. So what crosses my mind is, what if a Duquesne fan throws something onto the court? Then yeah, that, you that always... would be the problem is Duquesne doesn't have any fans. So that True. that wasn't gonna happen. But Carey makes both free throws. Uh we got like nine seconds left. Lofton, who is hobbled at this point, because he kind of rolled his ankle, I think. He had to come out of the game very late. I thought it was wor- looked worse than it was. So luckily he's okay. Um came back in. He's driving the lane. It looked like he had Oshun open for maybe a slam, but Either way, he gets a good look, uh, just doesn't go down. We we go to overtime. Uh, but your question about overtime, I I thought Welch should have been more involved. I don't even know if he touched the ball. Really? Because he was – I thought he was pretty inefficient. I mean, I'm looking at it here, three for 14, one yeah. from six from three. And I'm like, it's he had 14 rebounds to his credit. But ten, that's one of the more inefficient double-doubles, 10 points, 14 boards that I've – I've seen in a while. I no, I I completely agree. Not a good shooting night from Welch. However, he's been playing really well despite the the shooting slump. Like I think he had twelve boards against Richmond, fourteen boards against De, uh, against Duquesne. He's such a good rebounder, and even if if it's him or English driving to the hoop, slashing, like just getting someone else involved because Lofton was definitely hobbled. Uh, I don't know, man. It it was a really tough. It was a really tough one. Yeah, that gets back a little bit to what we were talking about last week. Like maybe it's possible that we got to start looking at Welch as a four because his rebounding really has improved definitely over the course of the last few weeks. I think so. Maybe it is time to, you know, think about that. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to LaSalle and St. Joe's, I, I, I don't think that they're overwhelmingly big. Like, I wouldn't try that against St. Louis, that's for sure, like we mentioned. Not, but like, no. LaSalle, St. Joe's, like, I feel like, I don't know, if there's a situation where we're up 10 and kind of comfortable in the second half, maybe roll it out for a couple of minutes. And if it falls apart, hey, let's let's switch it. Let's uh, go back to what we've normally done. I agree. And we, we did see a four-guard lineup in situations yesterday. Uh, the production from the four spot wasn't great. Most of the game, uh, Winston had a nice stretch where I think he had like seven points. He was the one keeping us in the game. Bobby struggled. Uh, that was, I think, the big difference because he played well against Richmond. And that was, I think, what separated us and, and kind of put us over the edge. So I think that was the difference. Yeah, so that gets us into what I want to talk about next, which is what was really the difference between us playing against Richmond and against Duquesne? Because it was like, it just seemed like two different teams that showed up while that wasn't the worst Bonnie's team that we saw against Duquesne. That certainly wasn't exactly a great performance by us. No, it wasn't. Um, It can come down to three-point shooting. Uh, Duquesne didn't shoot very well. We didn't shoot very well. Um, Like I said, Planudas played maybe his best game, probably definitely his best game of the conference season against Richmond. The uncharacteristic turnovers, the missed free throws that we were hitting against Richmond late in the game that iced it. 
you know, if we shoot free throws, it's as simple as that. If we shoot free throws as well as we did against Richmond down the stretch, including our guards, uh, we're talking about a win right now. Um, I don't know, man. That's it. Sometimes it's as simple as just three-point shots falling, foul shots falling, uh, and then taking care of the ball. We had we had too many empty possessions, and the first half also was – it looked like we were kind of on a Richmond hangover. We put together a wire-to-wire game against Richmond, played a full 40 minutes. We were, Like you said last week, we were up like between 8 and 12, it seemed like, for most of that game. We controlled the entire game. We we kind of dug ourselves a hole just not playing very well in the first half, and we did dig out of it. And you get what you expect now at this point when you play Duquesne, like a really close game. Um, but yeah, it's just the it's, it was the full forty minutes. You know, if you if you don't play a full forty minutes in the A ten, you're not going to be able to uh, beat some of the top tier teams. Yeah, I think three point shooting is really what was our problem against Duquesne as opposed to Richmond. Just, I mean, if you're looking at it, we out-rebounded them. Turnovers were roughly the same. Blocks were the same. You know, points were basically the same. They were the yep. same after the second half. Yep. So really, it just came down to three-point shooting. And I am getting a little concerned about free-throw shooting because it seems like for the past, like, what, four or five years, like, I've really not been very concerned about a free-throw shooting. I keep hearing that, like, Lofton is one of the best free throw shooters in the conference. I'd have to look at his conference split as opposed to the full total season because I feel like he has not been hitting his free throws as well during conference play. Yeah, he was about he he's about eighty percent on the entire year. Uh, if you're talking just conference, he's at around seventy percent, thirty six of fifty one from the line in conference. So. Yeah, uh, it, it hurts, especially when you miss the front end of those one and ones. And that changes the entire landscape of the game and how Duquesne is going to play you when instead of being down two, you're down three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some some missed opportunities at the line. Uh, but the guys playing 38, 39, 40 minutes at, in these right. games, nonstop, you know, guarding the, the other team's best guard, running our offense. That's what happens if, like, that's why I would like him to get some more rest at the end of the game. Maybe his legs aren't as dead. Uh, so uh, he's also kind of got injured. He was hobbled. Um, that's not even close to the reason we lost. I thought Lofton did did pretty well last night. No, I know. I'm not exactly blaming him for the loss no, or anything. Yeah, it's I just know. something I've started to notice a little more. And it, it worries me because there are plenty of stretches, as we've all seen, where yeah. our offense can be constipated to say the least. And that's when we really need to start making free throws. And last night was a night where clearly we need to make more free throws. And I mean, in, in fairness, Duquesne also could say that too. Like they were not shooting well from the free throw line either. They were worse. They were, yeah, they were nine of 16. Uh, so <clears throat> I guess either team could say, hey, if we hit our free throws, we win. Yeah. You know? So between that and just not being able to get to the foul line that often in general, mm-hmm. that that really means our margin of error for free throws is um, is pretty slim. We are one of the worst teams in the entire country at getting to the free throw line. We're like 302nd out of 353 or something like that for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've done a little bit of a better job attacking the hoop. So, I mean, it's going up a little bit. Uh, if you want to beat teams like Duquesne, like uh, 
St. Louis next week in the tournament. Certainly, if you want to knock off uh, one of the one of the top teams, you're going to have to capitalize at the line like like Schmidt teams usually do. Um, so hopefully that turns around. Yeah, we got to keep that up. Damn man, fighter oh, of the night, man. Oh, champion of the sun. Oh, <laughs> oh, master of karate and friendship for everyone. Damn man, damn man. Oh, nice, we'll get the fighter of the night, man. Oh, champion of the sun. So we talked about a lot of the. Richmond game on the uh, by George Hey 10 Minutes podcast. But other than the game against Richmond, uh, how was your 80s weekend? It was great. It was great. Uh, the game is what what made it great, I think. Um, yeah. My One of my buddies was in from North Carolina. Another one was in from Rochester. We sat down great seats behind the bench, which I usually don't do anymore. Um, nice. Such a great atmosphere, man. And then... <laughs> after yeah we we went out we went out uh hit up angie's hit up the village green i didn't go out in allegheny but uh i heard it was just shoulder to shoulder yeah we ended up opting for uh the skeller before and a little bit after the game the skeller was actually pretty lit for uh once in a while like usually i feel like the skeller is underwhelming but the skeller was definitely definitely killing it last uh saturday and then after the game we were at uh, four mile because i feel like there's almost always one person in every group who's like, oh, my God, Mark Schmidt is drinking at four mile. Oh, my God, we have a bad Schmidt. And it's like, I don't want to I don't want to bug the guy. Like, and it's not like you're actually like, sitting at the table with him. It's cool that he shows up for a few minutes and then pieces out. But like, yeah, there's always one guy who's like, hey, we got to go drink with Schmitty. And it's like, that's not that's not exactly what's happening. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try not to bother him if I see him out, man. He gets that enough. It seems like wherever he goes, there's two or three leeches just chirping at him and he can't even get a sip of his sam adams i know right but i know one thing i was able to do right before the game was actually interview some people in the student section about 80s trivia because i know we were planning on doing some 80s trivia on the pod last week but because of Woj, we definitely moved that aside so let's go ahead and listen to some 80s trivia All right, everybody, welcome back to SB Unfurled and Friends. It's Bonacommenter here with Captain Beer, a.k.a. Dom Greco. How you doing, Dom? Pretty good. How about you guys? Hey, we're great here. We got a couple students here to answer some 80s trivia for us. So first off, guys, in 1982, this country introduced the very first CD players into the market. Was it the USA, Japan, China, or Germany? I'm going to say Japan. Japan. All right, where were the 1984 Summer Olympics held? Moscow, Barcelona, L.A., or Atlanta? Barcelona? Barcelona. Moscow? L.A. Atlanta. L.A., sorry. In Ferris Bueller's day off, Ferris caught a foul ball at which baseball stadium? Dodger Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, or Wrigley Field? Fenway Park. Fenway Park. Ah, Wrigley Field, sorry. Wrigley Field. Yeah, Wrigley. Wrigley. Nice job, guys. There we go. All right, no multiple choice for this one. Sonic the Hedgehog made his first appearance on this gaming console. Nintendo? It was the one where you put the the box in the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo? (laughs) 
PS4. <laughs> Sega Genesis, sorry. All right, we got some music now. We got some music. Can you name any number one hit by Hall & Oates? By who? Hall & Oates. Oh, you make my dreams come true. There we yeah. go. There we go. Nice, nice, nice. All right, you got to finish some lyrics here, quickly. This is what it sounds like when blank cry. Babies cry. Angels. Doves. Prince. Wake me up before you blank. Go, go. Boy, you go, go. Yes, wham. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Wake me up before you blank. Go, go. There we go. Don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. All right, last one of the fill in the blanks. Walk like a blank. Egyptian. Egyptian. There you go. Walk like a... And... Pyramid. Egyptian. 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 Well, <laughs> that was close. All right, who sings Living on a Prayer? Uh, Journey. Bon Jovi. No, Bon Jovi. What the oh fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> every game, man. Every game. Uh, bon Jovi. There we go. Someone didn't know it over there. This one, I probably would not have gotten. This Syracuse native and class of 1981 Bonnie's player ranks third all time on the Bonnie's scoring list. Mark Jones, Bob Lanier, Earl Belcher, or Barry Munger? It was Earl. I think Barry. It is Earl Belcher. There we go. Thank you guys for playing 80s trivia. Thank you. Thank you. That was really fun. <laughs> Walk like an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. I can't believe we caught somebody who didn't know living on a prayer, man. How? How? I would have gotten the walk like a blank wrong. I didn't I didn't know that. I would have said walk like a man by the Four Seasons from the oh. 1987 Four Seasons film. Frankie Valley. Walk like a man. That's not talk as big like of a, a hit. I mean, we're talking eighties one hit wonders. For me, it not is one hit wonders, but big. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I'm. Just... <laughs> no, that was great. You didn't say walk like a pyramid. Pyramids don't walk. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy no one said Bob Lanier for that 18, 1982 question. Yeah, I, I threw that one in just to kind of catch people napping in case they were like, "Oh, Bob Lanier, I know that name." Excellent field reporting by Bonna Commenter and Captain Beer, our new field reporter. One other new uh, new correction I got to add in there is technically um, You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates was number five on the Billboard charts. Um, but since I didn't really know that live, um, and honestly, I'm surprised that wasn't a number one hit. We're going to let that one slide. <laughs> it's a number one hit for me. We'll yeah, let it slide. Number one. We, we forgive you. <laughs> number one in everybody's hearts. Yeah. Uh, what seems to be the problem here? Are you a doctor? Mantis Toboggan. MD, you want this young man to live? You're going to have to give me some aspirin, a roll of duct tape, a bag of peanuts, and four beers. All right, we got another caller here that wants to join us from the bandwagon, so go ahead, join us. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I'm an Olean, slamming more Coronas at the ancient order of Hiberians, and I was reading through one of the four threads about the Richmond game on the bandwagon. Someone on there shared a web internet hyperlink that I thought your listeners might like. Just type this in at the top of your internet explorer. I'm ready. AOL. AOL.com underscore YLT equals AWRC5 
P K A B B B E J M W A Q E one and C W V H underscore Y L U equals X three zero D M T B N C G D Y M Z Q O B H N I Y. Okay. Get back to us when you're done, man. Get back to us when you're done. So, um, I know earlier we were talking a little bit about the uh, double buy. What do you think about our chances of getting the double buy? What the hell, man? Underscore backslash Y L C equals trying to look at numbers. No one's writing this down anymore. Five air Z G W M Z G. The tab is like, it's freezing on me. Okay, okay, okay I got him down at least. Like, maybe he'll just tire himself out. So, yeah, the double buy. Um, I'm seeing about 20% chance of us getting the three seed, right? It's around there, yeah. And, and the reason we still have a chance at the three seed is because we have the tiebreaker with Richmond. Obviously, right. we beat Richmond, and if we end up tied with them, uh, you know, they have UMass, who's playing well, Davidson, who can get hot and, you know, do some damage, and then add Duquesne. So, no gimmies there, really, for Richmond. But the thing is, they're a game ahead of us. So, we got to we gotta win one more game than they do in the next three. And as long as no one else is tied with us, we get the three. T-H-F-B-B-G-5-F-C-N-S-D-A-M-2-M-A-R- X three three N one Z two C D was it a B C burp from the A O H for Corona? Yeah, I I didn't rid of his body. I I was used to be an A O H member, man. I I can't believe it. I wonder if I've seen this guy before. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I mean. I think Dayton's starting to look a little shaky in terms of like that game against George Mason, where certainly they're obviously the best team in the conference and whatnot, and they're going to be mm, scary. Yeah. But, you know, I'm definitely seeing a little bit of lackadaisical play out of them where, you know, possibly losing in Brooklyn is a big deal. Like, it could possibly happen. Are they getting bored with, with the Aton? Are they, are they just ready for the tournament? Uh, I remember last year going into the tournament, VCU was like the far and away favorite. They had a 50% chance of winning the tournament or something like that, and they got knocked off. They weren't as dominant, though. I think that was no, more no, of an no, indictment not, on the rest of the conference. It was Whereas even. this team, like Dayton, I'm oh, worried yeah. Dayton might be really trying to get that one seed, and that could really... S-A backslash G-P underscore... Ampersand Q equals what was that? M-O-V-I arachnids <laughs> plus trailers and S I T equals S P T O P ampersand S underscore. Is this just a movie trailer that they were showing or something? A C ampersand and E Y equals U T F backslash A eight B T equals W S C R E E N Five zero. He's giving everyone a link. BB hyperlink. Okay. What? What? He just did there. He just, You're right. I think he just fell over the aluminum garbage can at the the AOH. <laughs> I think so. Oh hmm. my god. Dude, oh, we got it. Let me see if I can find his number. Is he still see there? If I can, like, yeah, we may have to call like a paramedic or something, dude. 
It's a great call, man. Thanks for the info. We'll, yeah, man. We're going to get right on that. Very informative. That's my character. I'm the trash man. I come out, I throw trash all over the, all over the ring. And then I start eating garbage. And then I pick up the trash can and I smash the guy on the head. Oh, that's going to be a disaster. No, no, nobody's going to get hurt. I'm telling you, it's like you said, it's all fake. So now that we got him out of the picture, I mean, what other points about the double buy did you want to get across now that we don't have to listen to um, a really long URL? Yeah, well, no, I, I'm not saying in any way last year's VCU is comparable to this year's Dayton. Uh, this year's Dayton team is maybe the best A10 team I've ever seen. Um, however, some some fun facts I looked up: the last two teams to go undefeated in the A10 uh, lost their first game. In the, the St. Joe's uh, and GW back yeah, in the they both lost. They both lost their first tournament game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, weird stuff happens in Brooklyn, man. Weird stuff. That's why... Yeah, <clears throat> on and off the um, court. <laughs> yeah, definitely on and off the court. Um, so, I mean, it's looking like VCU might even be in that 8-9 game. Uh, if they can yeah. win and turn it, get back to where they were before, you know... The uh, the wheels completely fell off. It Maybe stinks they, so they much can... that we lost to Duquesne because I was ready to you know start bragging because of um, VCU losing to UMass because I I said dirt, like I think halfway through the second half of the St Louis VCU game on Friday when it was clearly over um, I was like hey if uh, UMass beats Fordham and then beats VCU on Wednesday uh, they're gonna <laughs> jump them in the standings and here we are this is the current uh, uh, future that we live in. UMass is already ahead of VCU, aren't they? They're both seven now and eight, and uh, yeah, they have the tiebreaker. Tie so VCU in the in the nine spot right now. Well, uh, now yeah. I mean, by Saturday they could be in the ten spot, or I, I would have to look at the tiebreakers because mm-hmm. they, I think they might have played GW. Um, they have GW, Duquesne, and then they're at Dayton to end right. the season. Wait, is that right? Didn't they already play Dayton twice? Oh, Davidson. yeah, they already played Davidson. They're playing Davidson, Davidson at the end. Yeah. Um, Actually, they haven't played GW yet. So if GW were somehow to go into the Siegel Center and uh, beat VCU, mm-hmm. then um, VCU falls to the 10. Ooh, boy. That's wow. I mean, yeah. UMass has to do something. I mean, it, it's possible that, it, yeah. that, that VCU um, could be falling to the 10. Hey, I want, I want VCU in that 8-9 game at this point. So as we listen to some It's Always Sunny music, we'll be going to Philadelphia and Tomgola Arena, which is a pretty quiet place to play, but we kind of struggle there sometimes. Yeah, the the one that sticks out to me is back in 2016, remember, right before we won in Dayton when they were 15th in the country. The reason yeah. that win was so big at the time was because we lost a head scratcher in Tomgola Arena to LaSalle, so... You know, I hate that arena, man. Yeah. I, I want to save more of that for the preview because I feel like 80% of my ammo mm-hmm. against LaSalle is going to be that stupid arena. But it's just, yeah, it, it, it's a combination between feeling like the games being played in 2003 and then it's also like an America East game or a Northeast Conference game. Yeah, I know. Um, say what you will about like these, you know, that nerd Ken Palm or these other advanced previews. Uh, these guys only have us winning by one point. Uh, right. Yeah. So why do you think that's the case? Because it's like, 
I feel like I've watched three quarters. Of, I was telling you this earlier. I feel like I was watching three quarters of the A10 games, at least bits and pieces. Yeah. But like, I feel like I've watched LaSalle like twice because like they're usually on opposite of a better game or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm looking at their recent schedule. They they beat Fordham and GW, which GW is actually not too bad of a win, especially on the road. But then they got killed by Richmond. Uh, didn't really do much better against St. Louis and then got killed by uh, Davidson. You know, most recently, the only A10 teams they've beaten are Fordham, St. Joe's, who are both one and fourteen, and GW. Those are the those are the only teams they beat. Um, I think the reason it's at one point is because these metrics aren't very accurate when it comes to our team right now. Uh, a lot of it was comprised when we were without Oshun and English, um, so they kind of undervalue us a little bit. And I mean, it's an algorithm. When when the line comes out on Friday, I'm expecting no less than three and a half, to be honest. Uh, if you just watch us, you can tell we're obviously way better yeah. than what these metrics have. But hey, you <clears throat> you can't take any game for granted in the A10. You know, you no, that's that's true. You can't it's have like, an off day, especially on the road. Yeah, like we don't need to get my betting uh, philosophy. We've already done that enough, but I'm basically fading LaSalle at this point because they've, A, I've been on them too much, and B, I feel like they are kind of dead in the water. I think they're just getting ready. They're one of those teams that are just playing out the season. I'm looking at their leading scores. David Beattie has 10.3 points. Ed Crosswell, 10 points. Isaiah Deese, 9.9. It just seems like they just have a lot of faceless guys. Nobody really like kind of can that can break open a game for them. They don't have like... Even, you know, if we look some of those other lower teams like Javon Green from George Mason or mm-hmm. Ryan Daly from St. Joe's, they don't really have somebody like that. Um, yeah. I actually kind of like Ashley Howard as a coach. I don't know if he's ever going to get a chance to really turn it around there. Uh, it's, it's a tough place to turn it around in the A-10. It really is. Uh, Dr. G is a magician for getting them to the yeah. Sweet 16. Now seven years yes. ago. Damn, time flies. <laughs> I know, right? Um Croswell is their six eight center. He's he's not bad, but he's no Oshun. Um, clear advantage there. Uh, David Beatty is their shooting guard. I mean, he's okay. Scott Spencer, okay. He's he's a small forward. Just a bunch of guys who are, you know, kind of, we we should be able to beat this team. Uh, but hey, anyone can get hot, man. Any you know. That that St. Joe's game was scary. Fordham, we that game in Fordham, we went to overtime. So uh, let's hope at four o'clock we're not talking about stepping on a landmine here down the yeah, stretch. And, and even though like even though like we have a little bit of a weaker schedule, we're not like some of these other teams in the conference who have lost to the bad teams, who have lost to St. Joe's, who have lost to Fordham, who have lost to whoever like George Mason. Like our worst loss in the standings like it's to Davidson and then after that it's Duquesne, Rhode Island, and well VCU I guess is down there too, but VCU's kind of yeah. in a little bit of a free fall at the time. VCU yeah. is like number two. So mm-hmm. even so it's like we're still only losing to the top half of the conference if we do lose. So I I I think as long as we're gonna keep winning games against the bad teams, we're fine. Yeah, we can only play who the conference gives us and you know our we didn't have very good uh, home and homes this year, but to our credit, we've taken care of business against those lower teams. We haven't slipped up uh, again, like those other teams that you mentioned have. 
and we knocked off Richmond. And I mean, we've, for the most part, taken care of business when we've needed to, and that's afforded us a game up in the in the double buy talk. Um, so we got two more of those games that we should win, I think. And then, you know, don't want to get too out of ourselves, but another season finale against St. Louis. Yeah, I just hope we can win these next two and really just not put too much pressure on that St. Louis game. Wait, 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 Man, I wanted to ask Woj about the Elam ending and everything, but I didn't want to waste his time with that kind of stuff. Um, we got a lot of that from, uh, yeah, we we got a lot of that from uh, Tooch. Yeah, we did. So uh, we're talking about the basketball tournament now. So uh, you have a little bit of an update for us, huh? I do. Um, and it's kind of what we expected, but it has been made official. Uh, TBT is going to be in Syracuse again. One of their eight regional sites will be in Syracuse. It's not in the dome, but it's in a cool little, uh, little gym. Um, and, and they pack it, man. It's the Bayheim's army is the host team. And I think it'll be a really good atmosphere. It's July 31st to August 2nd registration starts March 15th, which is selection Sunday. And, uh, championship Sunday in the A-10. So we're, we're waiting on getting some verification videos. We're locking down hopefully a couple more commitments in the next few months. And then we're going to start the the fundraising process. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, I'm excited. Things are, things are starting to really shape up. You know, we got coaches, we got seven guys committed right now and we got a date and a time and uh, a place. So it's, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's a shame that like we can't play it in a slightly bigger venue because I'd like to see how many Bonnie's fans and Orange fans we could get in that place because if those two teams are playing in the championship, you're not going to tell me that's not going to feel like a, a Sweet 16-type atmosphere. It's going to be <laughs> insane if it's Bonnie's Syracuse for the right the Final Four, yeah. even if it's not even the real NCAA tournament. Yeah, that Sunday, man, that will be that, – that's what I'm hoping for. Uh and I, I think that's probably what TBT would be hoping for too, as far as ticket sales, right? Maybe they'll move it yeah. into the, maybe they'll move it into the dome if if both of our teams get uh, get to the championship. But then, yeah, so or the on maybe the on center at least where the Syracuse Crunch play. Yeah, yep, something like that. Um, and then the the next round, the semifinal championship is in Dayton, so another place where we're pretty used to. So it, it'll be. Uh, It'll be a great, great experience, I think, seeing all those guys back. Yeah, keep your eyes open. Uh, what's the Twitter account again? Is it Brown and White TBT? Just uh, Brown White TBT, yep. Okay, Brown White TBT. Go ahead and follow that. We'll yeah. give you some some more updates on on what's yeah. going to be happening over the next uh, several months because it's going to be it's going to be April before we know it. We'll be sleeping with like, like John Rothstein. We'll all be sleeping and. Uh, We'll be wanting some basketball. So we've given it to you in July at least. Yeah. And and there was a, just an article about the TBT process and Brown and White and the Olean Times Herald on Wednesday, I believe. So check that out too on their website if you if you want to read about it. It's cold, man. We gotta see what the forecast is gonna be this weekend. Yes, we do. Uh, we have a massive snowstorm and lake effect blizzard sweeping across parts of New York, 
in Pennsylvania until the weekend. Let's see if it'll potentially affect any of our weekend A-10 basketball games. This is your Unfurled and Friends final forecast, presented by No Match Southern Cookin'. <laughs> On Friday, number four, Dayton plays host to Davidson, 7 o'clock p.m. ESPN2. It'll be 28 and partly cloudy. On Saturday, we have back-to-back games in Philadelphia and then back-to-back games in Richmond. So the action begins at 1 o'clock in Philadelphia as St. Joe's will host Fordham to see who can get the two conference wins first. That'll be exciting. It'll be mid-30s and mostly cloudy for that one and for your St. Bonaventure Bonnies when they travel to the miraculous, wonderful, electric Tom Gola Arena for a 2 o'clock tip. We'll get to watch our Bonnie's try to bounce back. I'm not looking forward to listen to that Pow guy either. Oh, no. no. It's on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know if he'll be on ESPN+. Plus. He'll be on. No, he'll be on. All right. Well, I'll be at a bar with it on mute. <laughs> right after we're done there, hopefully improving to 11-5. and five. Red Hot VCU. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll host GW on CBS Sports. It'll be low 40s and sunny in Virginia's capital when those two take the court as well as for the Spiders when they host UMass at 6 o'clock. UMass has won three straight. They're playing pretty well. It's no gimme. Uh, And that'll end Saturday's action. And then Sunday. It'll already be March on Sunday. Can you believe it? Wow, it's almost March. This is almost March. Yes. Our lone A-10 game will be on ESPNU. No NBC Sports games this weekend. Kind of a bummer. It's all soccer and motocross. Uh, But that'll be at 2 o'clock. St. Louis visits Kingston, Rhode Island to take on the Rams. It'll be high 30s and sunny for that one. That one could be a slugfest. So luckily it doesn't sound like there's any weather to worry about over the weekend in our A-10 host cities. Uh, But yeah, that was your Unfurled and Friends final forecast presented by No Match Southern Cooking. Hopefully the weather starts heating up to match this A-10 season because it's really starting to heat up, especially now that, unfortunately, it's a little bit closer of a double by race. I know. If this past week is any indication of what Brooklyn is going to be like uh, in a few weeks, get ready for another crazy weekend there full of great games and upsets. Uh, Mason played Dayton really tough. UMass is playing well on BVCU. Fordham was up on URI on roadie with nine seconds left. They All the games are close Wednesday, yeah. GW almost beat Ford or uh, Richmond. Uh, we obviously went to OT, like the ton of great games. Anarchy? No, just A-10 basketball. Sorry, I just keep dropping Rothstein-isms. I'm just like, I, I don't, maybe it's the Duquesne game getting to me. I'm just kind of. Let's just get to Saturday. Let's let's get this out of our system. Let's just get it out of our system. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and and uh, hopefully we're getting you through the few days in between do the Stu Kane loss and hopefully LaSalle win. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bonacommenter, at SBUnfurled. Go to SBUnfurled.com for all the platforms that you can download this on, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Go ahead. We will see you guys next week. Thank you. Oh,